Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Tampa Bay Lightning. We are joined this time by Geo Fitz of Raw Charge. Geo, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Awesome. Um, was on your site a lot today getting ready for this, and you guys do excellent stuff, FYI. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, yeah, no problem. Let's talk about the Lightning a little bit. So I assume that the entire fan base is on fire because the Lightning have only won two games in their last ten. Yeah, uh, it's really crazy how up and down people have been this year, and especially comparing to how they were last year. Um, like a friend of mine made a comment of like, you know, Lightning fans last year, you know, you know, oh they're you know, they're they're winning all the time, yay, and then lose in the first round and go, oh they lost because they didn't face any adversity, and then Lightning <laughs> this this year is, oh why are they why are they losing games going into the playoffs and. So the fan base has definitely been up and down. But like when we were going through that really you know, good stretch, you know, of games and we were playing, you know, you know, at, you know, at, at such a high level, you know, you looked at it and go that you, you can't sustain this. You know, um, I mean, Vasilevsky went on a 21 game, um, you know, personal point streak. And in that span, he gave up 1.57 goals per game. Like, you know. If, if, if you yeah, do that, if, yeah, if you, if you do that all year, your MVP carry price. Right. Yeah. So so that that wasn't going to, you know, to continue. And, and I figured that this kind of slump was coming. And especially with the little changes that they made with, uh, you know, the trade deadline, um, Stamkos being out, you know, um, Ryan McDonough, Jan Ruda missing some games. Um, you know, Hedman's also missed a couple games here as well. You know, there, there have been some injury issues here. And so I'd rather them be, you know, at this point with, you know, 12 games to go and having that little runway to get things back on track uh, and, and, you know, really get those details nailed down going into the playoffs instead of, you know, a month from now going, oh, my God, they only won you know, one game of their last, you know, 10 going into the playoffs. Panic time. Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, as a Flyers fan, it's hard to look at a team second in the East and imagine being worried about them. But it's all relative, right? Like you guys are used to the Tampa Bay Lightning being insane for the entire regular season. So I guess it's easy to understand why losing a whole bunch of games in a row heading into the playoffs would make people a little bit nervous. But mm-hmm. this is obviously still an exceptionally good hockey team. But as you said, there are some key injuries. Stamkos has been out for a little while, and now um, Hedman, I couldn't find out what happened to him. Everything just says undisclosed injury. Um, what happened to him, and do you expect that he's going to be out for this game? Um, so, it was uh, the other night, He it looked like he got hit um, on a shift, and then um, you know went to the bench. Like I think it was like a 12 or 14 second shift, something like that. Um, and he actually stayed on the bench um, through the whole game. Um, you know, because, you know, most of the time players, when they decide that they can't go, they go to the locker room, get dressed, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever. Um, but Hedman decided to sit, you know, sit on the bench, which is actually really interesting because earlier this year, the same thing happened with Stamkos, where he got hit, sustained a, an injury. I think it was midway through the, the second or early uh, in the second period, you know, couldn't couldn't go you know for the rest of the game. But he stayed on the bench you know, through through the rest of that game. And I think that that speaks to the kind of leadership that that you have from from Stamkos and Hedman. 
Um, but as far as if he'll return, he did take the morning skate uh, Tuesday morning before uh, Toronto. We actually were kind of thinking, well, maybe he'll just miss one game and, and he'd be back against Toronto. Ultimately, he didn't go against Toronto. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously no official word yet. Um, but I, I have a feeling that he's going to be ready to go uh, against the Flyers. Okay, that's um, not great news, but, you know, um, we'll take it. Can you point to anything in particular that has been going on with the way the Lightning have been playing over this bit of a rough stretch that has led to the losses? Or has it just kind of been that weird thing where teams play well and they lose or they're just generally getting some bad puck luck? What's going on with them lately? It's definitely been a mixture of things because there's been some games like Tuesday night against Toronto where they they just came out and weren't ready to play. I mean, against Toronto, they didn't get a shot attempt until I think it was 11:15 or so into the first period, and that's usually not a way to you know win win hockey games. Um, you know, so they've they've had and like and that's an ongoing issue from all the years that John Cooper has been here. That's been one of the consistent gripes is that there's mm-hmm. far too many games where they they don't come out ready to go um so there's definitely that there's also a little bit of um you know defensive lapses um the penalty kill hasn't been as good as it was um before the power play has not been good at all for quite a while actually um though it, it does seem to be starting to kind of get back on track but you know um you know during that long stretch of of being really good they were actually doing with even strength scoring not you know not and not a lot of power play scoring um you know so it, it it's it's been a little little bit of everything there and then also you know injuries as well Ryan McDonough missed you know uh, just over a month uh Jan Ruda you know has has missed uh, about the same amount of time uh, though McDonough did come back Tuesday and Ruda is expected back in the next week or so. So I noticed when reading up on that Toronto game that you were just speaking of the last game that the Lightning played, um, that Cooper was doing a little bit of line jumbling during that game, kind of as a response to the slow start, um, which incidentally is a thing that the Flyers do too. Like they're mm. have been terrible in first periods this season. I don't know what it is with NHL hockey players just decide to, coast their way into a hockey game or something <laughs> weird but um has he been doing a lot of line jumbling like is have there been fixed lines during the slump or is he kind of trying to see what will stick to get them winning again so cooper seems to tend to like pairs of players um you know he'll usually get two players together and they'll be together for most of the year you know maybe not all of it but for most of the year they'll they'll be together so it's usually that third player is the one that's that's getting moved around so that you know is kind of a problem for some of those players because um you know they really never get any chemistry uh going but you know cooper's definitely not afraid to change things up you know after the first or the second period if things you know aren't going well or you know, if, if someone's you know, really playing well, you know, move them up. Um, you know, if, if the rest of the, <laughs> the forwards aren't, aren't getting there. Um, the defense is much less likely to get, um, you know, mixed up. And I think part of that is in general because it's a lot harder to do that with the defense. But, you know, also just that, um, 
you know, they already kind of jumble a little bit. Um, but like the, the big pairs have been um, uh, Kucherov and Point, uh, Sorelli and Kalorn, um, and then Paquette and Maroon. Uh, and then the other line has been kind of just a rotating cast of people. And that, that's been a, a weird line that has sometimes been a third line, sometimes been a fourth line, sometimes been a who knows line. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he's, he's, Cooper's definitely willing to, to mix it up. Like, you know, that he's, it didn't take long, you know, maybe four or five shifts in, if that, uh, into the first period and, and he moved, moved people around. And some of that as well was, you know, they're still trying to figure out exactly where Blake Coleman and, and Barkley Goodrow, you know, fit into the lineup. Okay. Um, so the last two times the Flyers played the Lightning, um, they were both losses for the Flyers. I think the first one was one nothing, and the second one back in February, I think, January, February, was 5-3. to three. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of felt that the Flyers, despite the losses, kind of hung with the Lightning better than I expected them to. And I think both of those games were played during a time when the Lightning were kind of rolling um, more than they are now. Do you expect um, that this game might go a bit differently? And if we do get the version of the Tampa Bay Lightning that plays as well as they can and is the best team in the league, probably, um, how do the Flyers go about beating them? What are the weak spots that we can take advantage of? Um, so right now it's definitely special teams. Um, you know, lightning have struggled on the special teams. They're also one of the most penalized teams in the league. So if you can get them, you know, running around and, you know, chasing the play and, you know, drawing those penalties, uh, and then take advantage on the power play, that's going to give, give, give you a good advantage. And then I think besides that, it, it just kind of ends up being the same advice you, you know, would give for any team that's going up against, you know, uh, a, a good team or a team, you know, that has a really good, you know, goaltender, the same kind of advice that, you know, I would always say about, you know, Carey Price or Henrik Lundqvist or, or Pekka Rene, and that's, you know, get traffic to the front, get deflections, get into the middle of the ice, you know, and then vice versa, you know, uh, prevent that. Uh, and I think that's, that's kind of the universal advice that, you know, applies across the, the whole league and some teams it's it's easier to do that some in some teams it's harder um you know islanders in particular feels like it's really hard to get to the middle Mm -hmm. you know on them um but the lightning like that was you know you actually those two things were big talking points during training camp was cut down on on dangerous shots being those shots from the middle in the slot and cut down on penalties well they've done pretty good on the first they haven't done very well on the second um so you know, with their penalty kill kind of struggling a little bit, if you can get them on a parade to the box, then then you can, you know, you can get them a little off their game and have an opportunity to score. Are there any players uh, down the lineup, guys, that we might not be focused on that have been playing pretty well that we might want to keep an eye on during this game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Thanks. <laughs> you know, so he, this is the uh, first. I think I have two players. Um, first one, probably more well-known, Mikhail Sergachev. And I th- I think for Flyers fans in particular, he's a good player to watch because whenever I watch 
him and I watch Provorov, they really remind me of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, not just that they're Russian defensemen, but they're both, you know, really good, um, you know, on the offensive end of the ice. You know, obviously they both have great hands, great offensive instincts. They have pretty good size. And, you know, the, the two of them are, I'm not sure if they're, they're friends, but they're at least familiar with each other. And I think they're only a year apart, you know, in age and, you know, they're, they're very similar players. And, you know, so, uh, you know, Sergeyev in particular has taken a huge step forward this year. And I think one of the big things with that is that um, he finally realized he has a man's body. You know, he, <laughs> you know, like he's six three, he's two fifteen. So, you know, you're talking about a very solid, you know, size for a defenseman, you know, probably mm-hmm. a little bit above average, you know, and he's in his third full year. And, you know, he started to realize that, you know, hey, I, I can hit people and I can make them fall down. <laughs> <laughs> And so I think like he he used to be a little bit more of like when he was defending, especially along the boards, he was more likely to be you know reaching in with the stick and you know trying to to defend positionally, you know only. But this year, he you've seen him step up a little bit more and be a little bit more physical. He's also been in um, you know a, a couple big fights you know this year too. Um, if you haven't seen if you're a fan of fights, and I know that's uh, it's still a controversial you know, topic at this point. But if you are a fan of fights, um, look at his fight against Jake McCabe, um, Buffalo Sabres. Um, that was one where it seemed like McCabe you know, thought he was taking on a, an easy target and he ended up you know, getting dropped pretty quickly. He he bit off a lot more than he could chew. And, and I think one of the interesting side effects to that, you know, fight even was that I think that also convinced Sergeyev that, you know, he could be more physical, that he had that strength to be able to do that. So I think that was a big, you know, turning point, you know, for him on that. Um, the second player, Anthony Sorelli, you know, again, he's a player that, you know, is starting to get more notice around the league. Um, you know, he's in his you know, second full year. He had 18 games at the end of 2017-18 and then played into the playoffs. Um, but he's, you know, a really great two-way player. Um, you know, he's a player that should be getting talked about for the Selkie, especially since he's having a pretty good uh, offensive year. You know, he's up to 16 goals and 44 points in 68 games. Um, and he actually finished 11th in the Selkie last year as a rookie. Um, to give you a little bit of an idea of, you know, you know, that there were at least a few people out there that were thinking about him and it's starting to get talked about more. And then, you know, combining that with some some better offensive play from him, uh, you know, here in his his second year. And actually, it was really funny in, in Toronto. Um, one of the uh, Toronto media asked John Cooper uh, about Sorelli and, and, you know, about the Selkie and, you know, Cooper was like, oh, that's, that's a good sign that the Toronto media is talking about him because that means he's he's starting to get some attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as we know in Toronto, you know, the the world revolves around the Maple Leafs. So for them to sure start noticing people outside of Toronto, um, you know, especially from a non-traditional market, you know, that that's when it feels like you, you, you know, you're really uh, starting to gain some some. Uh, uh, momentum there and you know Sorelli's another player too that he he doesn't look especially big but I think he's listed at like six foot and 180 pounds but he plays 
he plays a lot bigger than he he looks and you know he's he's not afraid to go into the corners not afraid to battle a lot of his goals have been greasy goals right around front he actually has had like two or three goals called back because he ended up uh either falling or or uh pushing the goaltender over the line uh while he was you know on a break um so he, he he's not afraid of of getting around the net and and mixing it up I'm trying to remember now. I know that Provorov was doing crazy Russian off-season workouts with another Russian defenseman, and I'm wondering if it was Sergachev, um, like that crazy, like pushing tires up a mountain kind of stuff. Yeah, um, feel, because feels like something. Cr- yeah, feels like something Sergachev would do. Yeah, <laughs> I think it might have been him. So they might be friends, but um, just to kind of take it away from this game specifically a little bit. Um, you're talking about the game with Toronto, and right now, if the playoffs started, you guys would be playing Toronto. Um, but that third Atlantic spot and the two wild card spots are kind of just like neck and neck. Um, but assuming that one of these wild card spots is going to be a Metro team and not an Atlantic team, um, are you looking forward to a seven game series with Toronto, or would you like to see that change up a little bit? You know, I think it would be really interesting. Um, you know, it'd be obviously a game, uh, a series of, you know, two high skill teams, you know, mm-hmm. two teams that, that want to play a similar, you know, fashion. They want to play fast. They want to play up tempo, you know, beat you with your skill. And I mean, I think when you look at the lightning and the Maple Leafs, you know, um, forward complement, you know, they very evenly, you know, match up as far as high end talent and depth, assuming that everybody is healthy, um, you know, but I think where the Lightning have have an advantage is is definitely on the blue line, um, where Toronto has kind of struggled to figure out you know who who their defensemen are and where they should be. You know the Lightning. You know you talk about Hedman being you know, probably one of the three best you know defensemen in the league. Mm-hmm. Talk about Ryan McDonough being you know a, a defenseman that would be a number one on you know probably two thirds of of the teams in the NHL. Um, you know, Mikhail Sergachev, come, you know, coming up and and really establishing himself as as probably the best number three guy in the league. And then Eric Chernak, who you know, has just been a, a steady, reliable, you know, top four uh, defensive defenseman. Um, you know, the the uh, oh, and then Kevin Shattenkirk completely forgot about him, you know, who came in, you know, early this or, you know, uh, after getting bought out by the Rangers and. He was extremely hot, you know, early in the year uh, with his points production. He's kind of cooled off, you know, lately. But, you know, you're talking about five guys that could be top four defensemen on any league in the, you know, any team in the league and the Lightning at five of them. Um, Yeah, so I I think with Toronto, like, I think we would have a little bit of that advantage. Also a little bit of experience advantage because most of this team has been, you know, out of the first round before. Uh, whereas the Maple Leafs, you know, other than probably Jason Spezza and mm-hmm. I think Jake Muzzin. Yeah, Jake Muzzin would have with the Kings oh, yeah. and, may- and maybe Tyson Berry. You know, there's there's not a lot of, you know, experience outside of the first round there. You know, and, would... and, you know this, Sorry, is, this is a group that, you know, over the last five years, they've been to a Stanley Cup final. They've been to two Eastern Conference finals and obviously had the, you know, the sweep last year. And and actually, funny enough, is that the six playoffs ago was also a sweep, and that was to the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> mm. 
I would think that you guys have the advantage in net as well. Yeah, I think, I think so too. And I think Anderson's a little bit more of a question mark than Vasilevsky. If I had to pick one, it wouldn't yeah. be a hard choice for me. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that there. And this, speaking of goaltenders, and like kind of going back a little bit to the Flyers, you know, mm-hmm. what you were talking about with um, them hanging better than you thought, um, you know, in those two games. Yeah, the Flyers are a team that, like, I look back and over the last two or three years, and you know, it's been a team where I've been like, you know, they've got a, they've got a good skater group, they've got some good forwards, they've got some good defensemen, you know, and and that depth has gotten better, but it's been, you know it's been the goalie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's yeah, been forever. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, uh, I remember that first, I, I'm pretty sure that first game Carter Hart played in. I think so. Um, and you know, yeah, yeah, he did, uh, 27 saves and 28 shots and, you know, and, and he was amazing. You know, he, he looked really good. If, if I remember that game, well, like the lightning were getting some really good chances and he was, mm-hmm. he was stopping them. Like it was, kind of a frustrating, you know, game to actually, you know, to, to actually watch because he was just stonewalling, you know, lightning shooters left and right. You know, so I think for, you know, for, for me, I'm not all that surprised that the Flyers are doing as well this year as, as they are. And, you know, because they've had those, those good skaters and then now finally having a really solid, you know, goaltender, because I, I feel like this is a team that that's really all you've needed is just someone that can be solid. You know, they don't yeah. have to be a world beater, but Carter Hart at times has been. Yeah, and it's um, I'm not surprised either. I mean, I, I'm not sure I would have suspected them to go on a nine game winning streak. Um, That was a little bit out of nowhere, but I have been pretty high on this team all season. I knew that they had the pieces. They just had to figure out how to put them together. And with an actual competent goaltending tandem, um, you know, that's kind of all you need. You just mm-hmm. need league average goaltending for the most yeah. part, and you can you can get it done. And, and they're getting a bit better than that this year, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, for me, these, these two games, that Boston game last night, we're recording this on Wednesday, and uh, this Tampa game tomorrow, after coming off of nine games – they lost to Boston, but it was kind of one of those losses where you're like, all right, they lost, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a blowout loss. They hung with Boston. They played really well. They just didn't get it done. And that was one of those losses where you can kind of accept that it's going to happen from time to time. So I'm going to be interested to see how they come out against Tampa because I mean, it's pretty easy to say that Tampa and Boston are the two best teams in the Eastern conference, if not the entire league. Um, So you have to be able to, you mean, you have to be able to beat these teams. That's just the end of it. If you're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, eventually you're going to get to one of these teams. So I'm interested to see how they come out against Tampa since it's a road game. They haven't been great on the, well, they've been getting better, but over the course of the season, they've been much better at home than they have been on the road. So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be an interesting game. I think for both of our teams, um, with the, with the lightning kind of in a bit of a slump, and the Flyers coming off of their first loss in a while, but to a really tough team. It's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm excited about it. Yeah, it should be. And in that vein, the last thing I'll ask you is for a shot in the dark prediction of the final score. Oh, let's go 3-2 Lightning in overtime. Oh, that's spicy because I was going to say overtime too, but I was going to say 2-1 to one Flyers in overtime. <laughs> Well, so you, we'll see. You, you, 
I, we do have a little bit of shared trivia. Because you remember the first three-on-three overtime was Tampa and Philadelphia in Tampa. Was it? Yeah. And I did the, not even realize that. Uh, Philadelphia got a penalty shot that Ben Bishop saved. And actually, if I remember <laughs> right, there was three penalty shots total in that game, which, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that, and I don't think I ever will again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it was uh, Jason Garrison. He scored a goal during during regulation, and then scored a goal in overtime. It was the first three on three v three overtime, you know, uh, goal. Three on three overtime was so fun at the start too. It was so oh, yeah. wild. Like no one knew what to do with it, so it was just like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> of course, then and, the the coaches mm-hmm. figured out how to make it a little bit more boring, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one and that one in particular, I remember it was you know, sitting in the stands. It was so exciting because there was breakaways going either direction. Like that's how Philadelphia got you know their their penalty shot was. Mm-hmm. I, b- I believe it was a hook from behind. You know, but there was probably three or four you know breakaways during just during overtime, and every time you're getting up out of your seat, like that was so much fun. And then. Coaches had to ruin it. <laughs> As they do. They always find a way to take the fun out of hockey. Yeah. Um, but, okay, I think that's all I have for you, Gio. Thank you so much for doing this. This was excellent. Yeah, thank you for having me on. should be a good game. Yeah, and again, if you guys want to learn a little bit about the Lightning ahead of this game, head on over to Raw Charge. They do excellent work, and you will learn a little bit, like I did today, about the Lightning. Um, yeah, so it's got a, it's a 7 p.m. puck drop, which is wonderful because I – love an early hockey game hopefully everyone enjoys it Gio I hope you enjoy it go Flyers I don't like the 7 p.m. starts no <laughs> <laughs> no oh my god you're a crazy person I love them 